Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Coffee and Wrestling, a wrestling podcast. My name is Jamie. And I'm Mark. And we are a married couple who strive to host a restaurant-quality podcast. Oh, that was good. I like that. Thank you. And this week, or this episode, rather, we are discussing not only AEW Dynamite, Rampage, but also... Battle of the Belts. It was pay-per-view quality Battle four, of the Belts. Four hours of AEW this week. Bless you, Tony Khan. Thank just, you. Just shy of, of WWE's five hours of wrestling for a week. Seven if you want to watch NXT, but I don't think I've met a single person that I know of that watches NXT. <laughs> I don't watch it. No. I think it's just because I don't know anything about NXT. But we're not talking about NXT. We are not. We're talking, we're talking about-, about the other three-lettered yes. promotion, AEW. And what a week. What a week. Wow, yeah. So AEW has been leading up and talking about how for the last nine months they have revamped uh, how the actual show itself is going to be looking. They changed up the production level. Uh, The camera angles are phenomenal. If I could clap, I would, but it would peak the sound. I don't want to hurt hurt our listeners' ears. (laughs) But let's talk about the new Titantrons, all the screens. Which one? There's like seven of them. Yeah, they've it's... got two big ones on the sides, two big ones on the top, a massive one above. They got three behind. But <sighs> the presentation is just over the po- like over the top. Okay, well before great. before we get into any of this, I got to ask you though, if we're going to be on the intros, who had the, we watched pretty much everything on AEW in the past couple of yes. hours. Yes, who had the best entrance? No doubt in my mind, Britt Baker. One hundred percent. Oh my god! Wow. I'm so glad you said that. Oh my god! The blood dripping down <laughs> the presentation. Uh, just the uh, whole entire thing. Second to Britt Baker's, though, is any individual that had a title. Oh, yeah. Jade's MJF. was amazing. MJF's was fucking phenomenal. Jamie Haters. Jamie Haters was great. Yeah. Uh, Orange Cassidy. He didn't even yeah. have a belt. Can't wait to see uh, the Elite oh, and, you think, uh, when, and when, Death well, when, Triangle. Oh, okay. I thought you were, I thought you were you know, pre, you know, I'm, pre-gaming I'm still, that it was going to be the Elite. No, I'm still on Death Triangle. Well, that's, Death Triangle. that's a topic for next week because we don't even hear anything about we the do Lucha not. Bros or the Elite, which I'm sure we if do not. I don't know what when um being the Elite host, but we gotta I think we gotta, Monday. Is it Monday? Well, we gotta get privy to that. Um, should be interesting this week. But it should be. Let's start off by talking about Ricky Starks versus Chris Jericho. Yes, let's. Okay. Uh wow. We have like one of those like automatic Febreze things, and it just smells so good in here all of a sudden. It does. <laughs> like but that clean laundry. <laughs> that doesn't matter to our <laughs> listeners. They can't smell with their ears. So, <laughs> so uh, I mean, these two had an absolutely phenomenal match. It was a great way to start off Dynamite. Um, Chris Jericho has done just an absolutely phenomenal job, as usual, putting over everybody. And this was no exception. Ricky Starks looked phenomenal. Oh, yeah. The crowd um, was huge behind Chris- Ricky Starks. Man, the crowd was nuts for both of them. It was yes. just unbelievable. Seattle was on fire. The crowd was nuts. And, I mean, we got a couple of home homeboys homeboys that sounds terrible yeah. we kind of got a, a couple of guys from seattle we got so three in this situation the crowd yeah. was there yeah 100 but there and then they were in uh portland yes for rampage and battle of the belts and they did not fail either. Uh, unbelievable they, crowd wow absolutely the pacific Sometimes northwest you, gave nothing but love and we haven't we haven't put it out yet but uh wwe's crowd was just not there monday or Friday. They've been weak for the last few months. They really have. And it has nothing to do with the wrestling. It has 100% just to do with the crowd participation. 
I don't know if AEW's crowds are just a little bit more rambunctious, but Portland and Seattle, thank you for coming out. Thank you for showing up. Thank you for making that show oh, absolutely. as epic absolutely. as it could have been. It and you, and honestly, most of the time, like I would say if the crowd got roared up, I'd be like, oh, it's Justin Roberts. But Justin Roberts wasn't there. It was Dasha. So yeah. you got to say she must have done a good job of keeping everybody entertained in between the matches. And, you know, the, the crowd participation is so oh, important. Yeah. And, and we will talk later about what the crowd did to poor uh, Don Mox. For now, again, back to Ricky Starks, Chris Jericho. Great way to see uh, him get put over like this, Jericho, taking the loss. Mm-hmm. But what Big a, thing's going to be happening this year for Ricky Starks, right. I think. Well, I mean, I I don't think the storyline's over yet because no. obviously this was a uh, Jericho extended the handout to to Ricky to join what Jericho believes is the number one faction in all of wrestling. Uh, Ricky obviously kind of slapped him in the face over it, and he just beat him clean in the ring. And the JAS came in and just absolutely stopped the shit out of him. Yeah, they um, really did. Action Andretti came out to try and make the save on for uh, Ricky, and he did for a little bit. He cleared out the ring with a chair. Oh, but he n- annihilated uh, uh, Jake Hager and oh, yeah. Sammy Guevara with yep. the steel chair. Um, but unfortunately, also, go ahead. Oh, I'm so sorry. He had the uh, fireball burn. Yes, very yes. distinct fireball burn some, on his face. <laughs> whether it was makeup or not doesn't matter. He had you know storyline burns on his face. Uh, unfortunately, the numbers game got to him, and they, we left uh, Dynamite to a commercial as uh, JAS was sneering and laughing over the bodies of Ricky Starks and An- Action Andretti. So I'm sure we're not done with this yet. I don't know no. if we're, we're trying to see a tag team between Action Andretti and Ricky Starks. I don't know. I don't know, but I'm, I'm, I'm interested. I think they're just really keeping this Action Andretti, Chris Jericho thing going. Well, they need to put a mic in his hand to give him a little bit of character because he's a great performer. He's, he's got mic skills. He had, he had some really good mic skills with QT Marshall a couple months ago. They on, need to uh, do more with him. Stark. They need to do more with him. They need to, if they're going to bring him in the limelight like this, they're going to need to give him more opportunities to get his character, uh, just out into the crowd so they know who this guy is, not just a, a high flying face. Right, because if you miss the match with Jericho, then you're like, I have no idea who this is. Yeah, yeah, you, it's just some guy that came out with a chair that helped Ricky Stark. Right, with a but burned face. <laughs> if you know what's going on, it was a great segment. Excited to see what's going to happen coming. Later on on the episode of Dynamite, we got to see. Brian Danielson take on Tony Nese. It was a quick match. Good match. It was really good. Uh, you vividly screamed when Tony Nese passed out. Yes. Uh, this <laughs> one was, I don't know. I more don't know. Ju- more justified? No. I don't know if it was more justified. I, I, we watched it again, and I, I, I believe they're going with the angle that the kicks that Brian Danielson delivers is knocking these guys out, and then he puts them into the submission, and that's when the referee goes, oh, well, he's He's dead to the world. Um, my only problem is we have somebody like Ricky Starks, who earlier, earlier with that match with Jericho, same situation, Jericho had him in the walls. Yes. Like heavy. Had him in there for yes. like good five straight minutes. Passes out completely well, Daddy Magic hit him in the head with uh, Floyd. Right, right. Regardless, the ref, what the ref saw was an unresponsive Ricky Stark. Mm-hmm. Does the one, two, three hand. Mm-hmm. Switch over to Brian Danielson's match kicks Tony Nese in the head instantly as soon as he puts him in the submission the ref notices that he's out, that he's unresponsive calls the match that's it <laughs> he's out no it's subjective depending upon the who who's participating in subjective the match. my ass it is because if you're in the black black bull combat club then yeah you don't you're get the one two to three to see out. if your arm falls yeah, there's no pinfalls you're in the out. black bull combat club unless it's a tag <laughs> match uh but this was a good match um Tony Nese obviously a very very talented performer very very gifted athlete in his in the way he looks and performance and everything. 
Um, you got that great knee in on Brian from. Oh man, he had a corner. very good He's offensive so for a little bit. I he love Tony. He is, and I, I really hope they use him more. Same thing with yeah, Josh, Josh Woods. Woods. He's phenomenal. I, I don't Mark know. Sterling too. Like. Yeah, I have, but I, it's weird. I have a, for somebody who doesn't watch MMA. I just I don't enjoy it. I don't like wa- like watching grown men punch each other in the face. I'd rather them hug each other for like five minutes straight and whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, I don't really like MMA that much. But for somebody who doesn't like MMA that much, I I tend to find myself gravitating towards these half MMA half technical wrestling fighters like, yeah I, they just they same I, they do it for me like i just i enjoy watching them um i think it's the technicality and the, the right the little like nuances of what they do in order to try to make a, a move look painful or make it actually painful um and tony niece and josh woods are, are one of the or two of these individuals and i really hope we start mm-hmm. seeing more of them and tony um, niece as a wrestler just has like the legitimate perfect build oh he does he does and he's he's great on the mic it really, really is. is. Like I, I think he's unfortunately just another one that falls victim to, to Tony Khan's. I've got 180 wrestlers on my roster and three hours of TV time. Yep, we haven't and got our a year. I mean, yep. every once we got to battle the belts. We'll have Winter's Coming. We'll have right. uh, Blood and Guts. Like it's an extra hour every three months. That's mm-hmm. not like the the amount of TV time that AEW has. Nowhere near what they need with a roster as big as they are. Oh, 100 percent. And it's unfortunate because then. Every time Monday comes around and WWE Raw's on, we're like, God, three hours? It's just hard to watch, you know? There's a lot of TV content on there and not a lot of wrestling. Which is also mind-blowing because they put four-on-four matches for 30 minutes on a three-hour program, and you're still like, I am bored as fuck because there's just not much wrestling. Mm -hmm. So as you said before, the match doesn't really last a long time. It goes on about five minutes or so. And then Brian Danielson said that, Still ready for another fight? Falls yep. out MJF. And this is where the actual highlight of this segment is. Uh, we went back to watch it just to get kind of a refresher. You know, we we try to be as on par with everything, and we try to go back through AEW YouTube, which, by the way, if you're not up to date with AEW, like, what are you doing? It's, it's on YouTube. Literally, like, three quarters of the show is on YouTube. Right. Um, go back. Watch it's it. A se- <laughs> it's like, what was it, a 17-minute segment? Like, the, I think it was the entire segment between yeah. MJF and it's great it's the the what they're planting with these two is just amazing like uh mjf comes out and which by the way the triple b looking beautiful again oh yeah and again that that titantron was amazing with the seven or eight screens of him coming out people booing him and he does you know does normal mjf thing and says hey you know i'm i'm one to kind of make my opponents jump through hoops and this, that, and the other thing. And he tells him, the only way you're going to get a title shot is by climbing the ladder of AEW. So if yeah, becoming you, the number one contender. And if I remember right, he says, so I'm going to choose somebody for you to fight every week leading up to right. February 8th. If Correct. you can beat everybody every week all the way up to yep, February every 8th, dynamite. it will put you in a position of number one contendership. Correct. And Danielson looks at the crowd, and the crowd's like, yeah, do it, do it. And he goes, no. Like telling a toddler no for the first time in his life, he goes no, and MJF just looks at him like, what "The fuck do you mean right. no? What like, are you doing here?" And he explains to him, he's like, "I'm not going to do what you want me to do. Like, I know I have to climb the ladder. I'm not stupid, so I'm going to climb the ladder the way I want to do it." And basically, that's I mean, I'm I'm summarizing a a segment between two individuals. That you need to go go and watch. You I'm, really do. MJF with it with the way he runs his mouth, and then Danielson with his no bullshit attitude, right? It's a good segment. It's, it's great. And at this opportunity, you know, Brian says, fine, you know, 
if you want me to, to do all this, I'll do it. But I want to pick the stipulation and MJF mm. being the cocky guy that he is says, well, you're about it. never going to become number one contender. There's no way you're going to pull this off. So I'll let you do it. Go ahead. And which what a foolish thing to fucking say for real. Brian Danielson. Have you not seen this man? Yep. The way he wrestles? But, Go ahead. you know, we were able to see the legendary dog collar match that happened at Revolution. Yes. And live. AEW thought, well, this year at Revolution, we're, we're going to try to top that that CM Punk moment. Yes. And here which we is going to be very difficult. <laughs> that match is definitely match of the year contendership. Yes. But we are going to see a one hour Iron Man match at Revolution between Brian Danielson and MJF. If Brian's able to become the number one contender. He told him, I will get, I'm going to pick a stipulation that you cannot DQ yourself. You cannot run away from. You cannot give up. You cannot cheat your way through. And it is the minute he said that, it clicked in my mind. Was, yep, it's you an said Iron it. Man match. It's an <laughs> Iron Man match, and he said it. And I was like, "Oh my god, that is going to be. Yep. that's going to be great." Which is crazy to think that he's going to try to top the match that he had with with Adam Page that went an hour. That was yeah, a phenomenal that was match a great that match. he had last year. I don't know if this is going to top it. I don't know if MJF is going to be able to go the distance. But, it's going to be exhausting. You know Brian can handle it. Oh, I know Brian can. But we've never seen MJF, in AEW at least, we've never seen MJF be, to have to be this dedicated to a match. Mm-hmm. But Brian Danielson does not have an easy road leading up to the match. No, no, he does not. Uh, I don't know. if he, I guess he's picking the opponents or it's just uh, somebody's pulling a name out of the hat, but whoever did pick this, uh, he's taking on Kanosuke Takeshita next week on, I, can't I believe, Dynamite, right? On yeah, Dynamite. on Dynamite. That's going to be a great match. And we I'm, haven't seen, I'm a huge Takeshita fan. We haven't seen much of him since he signed with AEW. Nope. I think he's been taking care of contractual obligations yep. with Cinnabon. Uh, so I, Cinnabon, <laughs> trying to get an apartment, trying to get, you know. His first car. Used to being in the United States now. Right. If you, again, I, every time we bring him up, I feel like we bring up his Twitter, but if you don't he's follow He's so entertaining. Twitter, follow him on Twitter. He's like, he's like a, like a child who's, who's realized his dream and he has the capabilities of doing it. He's in America, the, the mecca of social media, the mecca of, of high dollar, high, you know, catalyst fucking wrestling like japan's japan like he's like top guy over in japan but like america didn't want to be in japan he wanted to be in america it's so funny to watch him he's just like i've i've never thought about owning a car before he's at dealerships just like i don't know what i'm doing yep it's great but he's gonna have a hell of a match between him and daniel can't wait i think he's gonna make him pass out to he's such a He's such a huge dude. He like, really is. He's a young guy, but he's like, I think he's like 6'1", 6'2", something like that. Lean. I, I do, pass out? I don't know. I don't know. I, don't, I, I just can't see. I'm excited for it. I don't know who's going to win. I have a feeling I know who's going to win, but that's next week's issue. <laughs> now, Brian Danielson did have another phenomenal match this week, pairing up with his buddy, John Moxley, to take on top flight. So I kind of made a joke to Mark, like, Oh, it's the same match we've seen a hundred times, except for now it's instead of Claudio, it's Brian. It really brought a completely different dynamic. Mm-hmm. Brian is super quick. And I mean, let's this is Claudio we're talking about. Of course right. he's super fast, but it's just a different dynamic that they had. And Top Flight really, really, really had to work hard on this one. 
you got Cesaro who has very powerful attacks. He has very powerful strikes. And not that Danielson doesn't. Um, but Danielson has to do it with much more intensity than a man the size of Cesaro. So you get to see a, not just the technical aspect of Brian Danielson that complements well with Moxley, but you also see like hard hitting version of that that goes so well with John Box. Right. The elbows, the knees, you know, just the real basic moves that just you can feel. And now this is the third match we've had between top flight or individuals within top flight and BCC. Right. Um with like two weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, really pushing these guys with BCC. We had Mox took on Darius. Yep. We had uh Mox and Claudio taking on top flight. And now we have Danielson and Mox taking top flight. I don't know if these guys piss somebody off in the back or they're just trying to give them more experience by putting them in the ring with some of AEW's top guys. That's what I think. But I'm telling you right now, those two boys are sitting at home hurt. Oh, definitely. And that's... They took their licks. I was just going to say, you know, they're they're young guys. Oh, yeah. John and Brian are not going to take it easy on you, you know? And they did. They beat the absolute shit out of them, but... They did not back down. Top Flight did not back down on this whatsoever. No, and it was good to see, again, how well this tag team can perform week in and week out. Show in and show out. Both of them. 100%. Like, just, and they've had, they had the great matches with with AR Fox in the trio's $300,000 casino battle royale. Christmas Jamboree. Christmas Jamboree. (laughs) uh, Jingle all the way match. I mean, like. They day in and day out, they have performed it yep. ever since singles, Darius came back. Singles tag, match, oh yeah, trios. Dan- it doesn't matter. When Dante these guys was doing those singles perform. and he was tagging with anybody that was randomly in AEW. Great. Like, these two consistently output the best of their work every single time. Yep. Every time we watch, watch these them, guys. Oh yeah. Every time we watch them, it's like holy shit. I can't. Like, how are they going to get any better? And they they hit every single move, every single time, yep. especially when it's a, a a dual tag team move chef's kiss and i think that's tough with with a tag team like that is you always have a tag team and you favor one person a little bit more yeah especially when one's been out for what nine ten months yeah i think we all obviously have a little bit more of history with dante because he's been consistent this entire time Mm -hmm. and seeing him as a singles competitor growing in his own personality and growing into his own person while his brother was out for nine months Mm -hmm. was a beautiful thing to watch but honestly darius is just as talented as Dante is. And you can tell he kept his training up. It really did. In the back, in, yeah. in, you know, backstage. Like, he obviously was injured, couldn't do so much. Well, it sucks, too, because he got hurt, came back, and then got hurt almost immediately afterwards. In an on, in a car in a accident. Non, yeah, in a non-wrestling yeah. injury, which, I mean, that's got to be so disheartening where you just came back. Sure. Started getting steam, and, like, especially with how much steam you had prior. Oh, my God. Like Remember when guys- he came back the, this, not this last time, but the time before? Mm-hmm. It was the like one of the biggest the pop. pops. Nobody knew Darius was coming back. Nope. It was just but that pop he came out and man, it was so good, so good. But again, Mox Bryan top flight, great match, hard hitting. These guys really laid it all out. Um, Blackpool ended up getting the win. Like it was, there was a couple times it was like I I think they might they might drop there they might lose to him, but BCC ended up coming up with the win. Great match though. Next we have. The Acclaim defending their titles against Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. This has been brewing for a couple weeks now. Uh, They've been going back and forth, kind of talking crap. you got Sanjay Dutt, who's always got a good color commentary to add to everything. You have the big intimidating... uh, Satnam Singh. Satnam Singh, thank you. Um, 
and this all accumulated, <clears throat> excuse me, accumulated to a AEW World Tag Team Championship match between two teams. And if I'm being honest, I wasn't really excited about it. I, you know, I like Jay Lethal. Um, I was like, Jeff Jarrett, really? Like, what are yeah. we doing here? You know, like, of course, legend. You got to, re- you know, respect what he's done for the wrestling community in general. Uh, but it was just weird. He got fired. And then three seconds later, now he works for AEW. Right. Um, so I was like, okay, whatever. After this fresh is- off of WWE uh, run for what? He- not even three months. Exactly. So, you know, I was like, whatever about this whole match. This has turned out to be one of my favorite rivalries, and talk about entertaining. The match series has been nothing short of, of entertaining. Absolutely. The, the wrestling's been great, but the entertainment factor has been through the roof, and I think more than likely Sanjay has a lot to do with, with all of that. He's been producing some matches right. recently. Um, well, Sanjay's always had a really good knack putting on good matches. It, it, it just shows everything that he's been a part of, everything that obviously Max and Anthony have been a part mm. of lately have just really shined but, but it, it, wasn't sure how they were going to do this particular match um and ended up being really entertaining it really did it was a finish that you don't see very often um it was a a, a different ref coming out to restart the match after the uh decision was made yeah so basically what happened with the match it was a, it was a good back and forth as far as the wrestling technique you know techniques and everything go um jeff Jarrett looks pretty decent considering his age and how long he's been in the ring um but basically what happened at the end was, let's see, it um, looks like Jay Lethal pinned Anthony Bowens. Bowens yep. himself put his foot up on the right. ropes, you know, classic. And Sanjay Dutt comes up and he hits his foot, Anthony Knocks Bowens' it off foot, the rope, off the ropes. Which the ref didn't see. He did not see. So all Stefan Smith saw was the one, two, three, Anthony Bowens' foot was not up. Hands up, rings the bell. And Dasha announces that Jay Lethal and uh, Jeff, Jeff Jarrett. Jarrett were the new tag team champions. AEW and tag boy, team the champions. wind just got sucked out of the, the whole entire crowd, arena. <laughs> we, were talking about, we were talking about how good these crowds were. They were so pissed off. The boos emanating from the, from the crowd were absolutely deafening. It was great. It was, At this point, I'm hysterically laughing. I'm like, okay. I, all I said was, this is about to get really interesting. And right. outruns Aubrey Edwards mm-hmm. to start arguing, not Honestly, arguing, probably the star, arguing the point, the star of this entire. Feud. Yes, arguing the point home that uh, indeed Sanjay Dutt did push uh, Stefan Smith's foot off of the ropes. You um, mean Anthony Aub- Bowen's foot, not Stefan Smith? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, right. the, the ref didn't didn't wrestle here. Uh, Anthony Bowen's foot, and basically talked to Stefan Smith and was like, "This is what happened." And he demanded, was like, Are you "Sure, Are you didn't sure? even talk." Demanded that that was incorrect. Yeah, because you know you always want to go with what the ref has to say, but Aubrey right. was was very clear that no, this is what happened. And Dasha announces that the match is going to continue. Yep, they restarted the. I don't know if they restarted, or they continued, whatever they want to call it. Uh, they ring the bell, and of course Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal, Satnam Singh and Sanjay are just besides themselves. You know, we won fair and square, which I mean. They can't, did win, not I fair and square. I can't say that they didn't. Well, I mean, not fair and square, but we've all said it before. The ref's decision is final. Tony Khan has stated before that the in-ring referee's decision yep. is final. But, so to have another referee come out and sway that decision. Yeah. One of the lead referees, though, and that's what we got to talk about in this particular mm-hmm. situation, is this one is one of the lead referees, Aubrey right. Edwards, that when she comes out and says something, she's another referee. This wasn't... Tony Khan came out there. This wasn't, you know, uh, Billy Ass said, no, 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 no way. Start this match over. This is what happened. This is a referee Aubrey Edwards. So, you know, Stefan Smith had to really listen to what, what she said. All right, said well, good. And then, from, 
From this point on, I highly expect Aubrey Edwards to watch every single match, and when some bullshit happens and somebody doesn't win clean, then they need to come out and restart the match. Well, I think here, here's the interesting take. You know, yes. Should it be like that? Yes. Can you use this move constantly? No. No, because if you do, then no. you, if you do, you have people like I'm sitting here talking of like, well, what about the no. rules? I would say you can use this about five times a year throughout your entire production. I don't know. That's this... even that's pushing it. It but depends. We're talking shows. We're talking You can't do it on a title match. You just have to be really, really, really finicky about how often you use this particular angle. But it was very interesting. A lot of times when this angle comes into play, uh, the first pin is the end. Right. You know, the typical kind of like the Charlotte Flair with with uh, Ronda yep. Rousey. The first pin. Nope. Second pin. That was it. Yeah. And that's pretty much what happened here. Yep. If I'm not mistaken, that uh, Bowen's got the pin on lethal. So basically, because the match does go down the way that it does, as we stated before, uh there ends up being a rematch that is set, and we did Battle of the Belts this week, so Friday, uh, after Rampage. The opening match of Battle of the Belts was the acclaimed versus Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal, part two. Yep. Well, part three, I guess. No disqualification. No DQ. Uh, which meant anything goes, anybody could help, anybody could potentially sway the decision mm-hmm. one way or the other. Again, and you got to be real careful about how often you do these no DQ matches as well. Because it's almost like we, you know, don't want to do one no DQ tag team and then another one the next. Never. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, you're 100 percent right. You can't do these no DQ matches all the no. time. They need to be something like this to where you have extenuating circumstances. You can't just come into a rivalry and just say, "Oh, we want a no DQ." And even then, the no DQ has to be done right. Like you, right? There has to be a reason behind it. There has to be a stipulation that's swerved around and, and avoided because there is the no DQ. And then you have to perform the match the right way. You can't Correct. just go in and do an all out, everything goes, weapons, tables, illegal moves, backstage. Cause Not every time. It, it, it's like trying to go to a restaurant and trying everything at the menu. You can't. You need right. to just find that, like, I'm going to have the soup salad and the veal or whatever the hell I'm going to have. That's like my combo I get every time, you know, whatever. Not, not what I get, but. You know, it's just, it's a good combination that you go in there, boom, boom, boom. It's right. not the entire menu. It's a good selection and you're happy when you leave. Your belly's full. Exactly. And this match left my belly full at the end of it. It was very, very good. They had uh, uh, shades of the previous match from earlier in the week. I just, I really enjoyed this. I enjoyed this more than I thought I was. I did too. And again, you have to do this right. And we, like you were insinuating before, we just had a no DQ match mm-hmm. with the trios. And that was the backstage brawl, the, you know, jumping right, off the right. Titan Tron. You can do that. You start in the back you can't and do you everything have the table like spots that. and you have the big spots and you have the this illegal didn't moves. This didn't have that. You know, this didn't have that. It just had some, you it know, had some outside interference. Bal- Billy Ass. I had some outside interference between um, each other's, like, supporting characters. And we even saw some ref bumps. We saw. I was going to say that was the interesting part of this was uh, the thing that has continued not only the same people in these matches but also the the referees are really important between these matches that have been happening and this one especially because we had stefan got taken out at first i can't remember exactly what happened i think he was hit by an errant attack well what happened was um max caster had uh jeff jarrett in a huge ankle lock like kurt angle style ankle all the way up to the eyebrows like you like to see it and jay lethal jumped off the top rope and elbowed stefan smith which it got everybody going nuts because they thought, shot Le- it. Of course, Lethal, think, you think he's going to jump on his opponent. Of course, you think he's going to hit Max, but he actually hits Stefan Smith, which is exactly why this no DQ was perfect because mm-hmm. he didn't you're do anything re- illegal. You attack the referees and it's not, you right. can't get DQ'd. But whoever was shooting the actual, you know, the, the, 
the camera crew that was shooting this shot shot it in such a way that you couldn't tell he was coming down on Stefan. Right. It again looked it was, like he was coming down on Max. One of those like zoomed out, see lethal, he's about to drop the elbow, it zooms into where he should be landing, but then it slowly pans to the left and he lands on Stefan. Takes him out, breaks up the pin, so now we don't have a ref. No. Uh, Eventually, Mike Posey makes his way out down to well, the ring. Well, Jeff Jarrett ends up knocking or getting knocked down, and Anthony Bowens hops on top of him, and you hear the crowd, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, Ocho, nine, ten. Yeah, of course. And <laughs> finally, Mike Posey comes running out. He does. And slides in the ring and gets one, two, and of course, Jeff Jarrett. He's got plenty of time to lay on the on the sure. mat and get his He's at about 30 seconds by now. Um, Satnam Singh comes in and tries to interfere. And he, he gets does. rocked. He gets rocked by Max Caster and and Anthony Bowens, but comes back with a double choke slam, which for, and I don't even remember why he turns to Mike Posey and just choke slams Mike Posey. And oh my god, that poor man! He got when he got he got both Max Caster and and uh, Anthony Bowens in a choke slam, a double choke slam. He got him pretty good. He did. But Mike Posey, who was already he like four foot laid nine, Mike Posey and out. He lifted him up above his head and came down on his shoulders. Yeah. Poor, poor guy. He's sore, too. And that was his bump of 2023. Yep. If he only took that bump, that's great. Because at Blood, uh, 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 the Ring of last Honor Ring of Honor pay-per-view, yeah. Uh, oh, final yeah, that, battle. That, I almost said Blood, blood of Honor. Well, he final was Blood of Honor for sure because he, he was, was pouring blood. gory. So that was absolutely great. Gory so now at this point, yeah, right. at this point, now we've got Mike Posey out. Um, and Sanjay decides, well, you know, classic heel move. I'm going to be the ref. Put, mm-hmm. So he, he strips Mike Posey of his T-shirt and he throws it on and it, classic, you know, ha, ha, ha. I'm going to go in for the one, two, and right before he hits the three, again, cameraman on point. Mm-hmm. Aubrey Edwards, again. Yanking Sanjay important. by the ankle. Yanks Sanjay Dutt right out from the ring and starts screaming at him that basically she's the ref. He's not in charge here. They, they go back and forth. They jump in the ring. She grabs his pencil, snaps it in front of him, uh, and then just ends up throwing him out. I think, no, actually, he, she ends up hitting him with a double-handed push. Yeah. And he goes flying, and she- and He sold it. He goes out of the ring. It ends up an like, opening opportunity for Max Caster and Anthony Bones to get their finisher. Yep, Anthony Bones hitting the arrival, Max Caster with the mic drop. We get the Beautiful one, two, three, one, two, and three, and the acclaimed have retained their AEW tag team championship. But also put Jay Lethal as a super heel, which oh, is yeah. great at. And of course, Jeff Jarrett doesn't need anybody to help him be a heel. God no. It was really good. It was a short rivalry, and I don't know if they're done yet. I couldn't see this going any further. No, I think they've blown their load on it, and I think they need to leave this where it is. Leave I think it. It's great. I agree. I think maybe some singles matches. Yep. With Lethal and one of the guys from the yep. Acclaimed. I thought Satinum looked really good here. He took a, a guitar shot, no-sold it. Yep, took a guitar to the head. and uh, the I mean, he didn't no-sold it. He, he, took, he took it to the corner and, like, you know, yeah. half-sold it. Okay, But, sure. I mean, I think they were selling it because he's such a big dude and, you know, it's just a guitar. It barely phased him, you know. You know? But uh, really good, real good match, great short-term storytelling. Um, unfortunately, this falls in the category of it's going to be a two- to three-week rivalry. It's going to be great for what it is, but what do you do? What do you do from here on out? I mean, you've already done no DQ with them. You've already had them lose, then gain, then gain the titles back again. I think we've gone everywhere we can with this, and I just I hate to see it because I had a really good time with it, and it's it's great for what it is. But now, what do we do with the tag team? Now, what do we do with with uh, with Jay Lethal and and Jeff Jarrett? Like, I just I I don't know. I think I think the great thing again that we've said before is that Sanjay is producing a lot of these mm-hmm. matches. I think that that's 
nice because he can kind of write the whole storyline with them in it. Uh, I think that's the great thing about all of them is you can write all of them into a storyline with basically anybody. Right. Um, but it's just been a really good run for the acclaimed. And I don't know, maybe this is the end of that and on to the next rivalry for them in particular. I don't know. Well, hopefully, good, hopefully we'll see more matches like this from both good, these teams. Good start to the year for the All right. Now let's talk a little bit about the women of AEW. Specifically, uh, Sky Blue and Kira Hogan had a match this week with Jade Cargill and Red Velvet. I got to tell you what, like, We've been kind of critical about the AEW women's division. Uh, said it's been lacking a little bit. I, I think you agree with me in that. Sure, that I do. It just it doesn't have the fire that WWE's got on, like, SmackDown. The intensity, the, the or even raw, raw um, talent, you know. But I'm really seeing some good things with this, uh, this faction with Jade's baddies kind of getting broken up. And we have Red Velvet coming back and showing signs of dissonance with uh, Jade Cargill. We have a, we had a great performance with Kiera Hogan last week uh, with her match against Jade Cargill. Right, and um, even in this this oh, tag yeah, team this match, match with Sky Blue, it was honestly another incredible. One, another one, Sky Blue that we've we've commented, we've watched her since she started in AEW on the dark matches, and we've been able to watch her like really develop. She's another one. This this match, she absolutely shown, uh, just like she always ha- or has been in the past couple of matches. I mean, I AEW's women's division, and we haven't even talked about Britt Baker, Jamie, Jamie Hader, Soraya. And uh, Tony Storm, like it just they're they're getting more steam. I feel like they're finally getting storylines fleshed out, and they're giving these women the TV time that they deserve. That so they can create stories and they can create historic matches like we had with Thunder yeah. Rosa and Britt Baker. Um, I'm still I'm still waiting to see a, a lot of things happen, but this this match and following matches uh, later in other shows, I think we're just doing great things for the women's division. It's good. Very entertaining. The performances get better and better and better between the on mic all of these too. women. Absolutely. Jade Cargill, seeing her transformation literally from the first match she ever wrestled to now being, I think this was her 47th win because they do pick up the win on this one, which you saw right. coming, I'm sure. Um, 47 matches we've watched of Jade Cargill and right. they've just gotten better and better. Her she's gotten attitude like mm-hmm. she backs it up, you know, her her mic skills. Her mouth was always great. there, but her the first 20 matches she was very green. Yes. Is to say the least. Like she was coming was from like a non-wrestling background it, and now she, she believes was it. Not as confident in her ability to Correct. not only not only perform a move but to sell a move. She was really right. it was really difficult and it was she was just used to work really stiff. It took her a long time to get used to that, you know. She wasn't good at putting people over mm-hmm. because she wasn't taking the bumps and that's all part of learning to wrestle right. and being on TV every week. But we did see these two te- tag teams go together, and of course this was to further the storyline with Red Velvet. She's just coming off an injury not too long ago, but ever since she's been back, she's been not so happy with Jade Cargill and her antics. Saucy. I love Red Velvet, um, and I'm glad that this is what this is all coming down to, yes. is Red Velvet clearly turning on Jade. Yep. And it's going to be a match between the two of them. And I'm looking forward to it. Red Which Velvet we are is getting close more to. than qualified to take her belt, I think. And we are getting close to Jade Cargill's 50th match. Uh, we haven't gotten to it yet, but she's, as of as of this date, Sunday night, uh, 48 and 0. Yes. Uh, and so we are coming up on uh, what could be a momentous match for her. Um, yeah. She actually won her TBS championship on January 5th, 2022. So, so we, just pa- we just surpassed her having it for a full year, which I'm surprised I didn't say anything about that because that, nope. was, that was Dynamite, wasn't it? January 5th? I think it was the 6th, but nonetheless, uh, yeah, didn't, didn't make much of a mention, ever, or any mention of it. No, it was the 4th. Right. So it was the day after Dynamite. 
Um, but regardless, that match looked they looked fantastic. Everybody right. looked really good there. But when we do eventually get to Battle of the Belts, it was Sky Blue versus Jade Cargill. Mm-hmm. And it was another one of those, okay, like let's see what happens with this. Let me tell you what, Battle of the Belts, sometimes it just seems like, what is Tony Khan thinking? He, with the he extra like pay-per-view style this, TV shows? Yeah, this hour of, again, pay-per-view quality matches for free after a rampage. Right. You know, what, 11 o'clock at night Eastern time? It's just absolutely crazy, but the match between Jade Cargill and Sky Blue Phenomenal. was the best match I think both of those women ever had. Mm-hmm. It was honest to God, probably one of the best night- matches of the night. Um, it really was. We, and so we saw Jade Cargill gets the win over Sky Blue, which of course, we're not going dro- to drop the title to Sky Blue on a front no, page. No, but she, she made Jade work. Mm-hmm. Uh, she made Jade hurt. Jade has been you know? slowly, it's, and I, I made a joke about it, but all of these girls are slowly chipping away at the plot armor that, is, that Jade Cargill has. Right. They are slowly getting to where Jade Cargill is not doing squash matches with the entire women's roster. You know, these women are getting in and they're hitting their moves. They're hitting good moves, solid moves and getting chances. And, and, you know, um, it, it, I have, I, I feel like the, the title change is coming. I don't know when I'm thinking maybe revolution, but I don't know who, uh, we also have, uh, we forgot to mention that Jade Cargill and red velvet ended up getting the win in their tag team on, on dynamite. Uh, not really with the help of Red Velvet. Red Velvet no, kind of bailed out off. halfway through and uh, par- partially all the way through the Jade Cargill Sky Blue match. Red Velvet came out and stood at the top of the ramp for a good little minute to try and kind of intimidate Jade Cargill. Um, had some back and forth with them at the end of the match. And then we we be seeing a match between Jade Cargill and Red Velvet fairly soon. Oh, with that's the, inevitable. The amount of uh, daggers they stare at each other in between mm-hmm. matches. So. But hold on before we can't even just move on from that. Talk about the ending of that Jade, jaded? Sky Blue match. Okay, so we know, of course, it's coming. Of course, it's going to happen to Sky Blue. You right. see it coming. But they made it so interesting. It's clear Jade's been working her ass off with Brian Danielson. Oh, for She sure. pulls off this, this crazy, again, Jaded, but she put Sky, I don't even know what she was in originally. She was up in uh, a power bomb, like a power bomb position. Jade spun her around so that Sky Blue was sitting on her shoulders like she was her kid. And Jade Cargill hoisted her shoulders straight up, launching Sky Blue up over her head. And as she came down, Jade Cargill reached up and caught Sky Blue in the like the full Melson position to get her ready for the Jaded and then dropped her into the Jaded for the the crowd literally I, like you could hear a pin drop. Oh my god! And, it was and you had so mentioned something impressive. You had mentioned something that apparently Brian Danielson has been working with Jade Cargill, and that something of this match because we watched it a little bit later that there was something in this match just absolutely out of this world, and this had to have been it. Like, she couldn't it was, have hit it per- more it, perfect. It, it was amazing. Like Jade Cargill is a strong woman, but when you take a full human being, let's even say she's let's say, let's say Sky Blue, Sky Blue is an even hundred pounds. Tell me taking 100 pounds from the back of your shoulders to the front of your shoulders then repositioning so you can flip it and drop it down without hurting not just yourself, but without hurting that 100 pounds of dead right. weight that is relying on you to not kill them. It was a, a the, like you said, the entire crowd collectively, good, bad, or indifferent, whether you like Jade Cargill or not, was in awe of Nobody that could believe like, she As pulled soon it as off. she flipped it over... Popped her in it and hit the jaded. It was, 
move of the night. Match of the match of the week, move of the fucking week. It was like emotional. It was like you felt like Jade, like a proud moment. You know, yeah, she, like, and you know I, how I she can't does. Believe you did it. She rolls them up and then she tilts back and she you know licks, licks her finger or whatever. Or like whatever. Uh, chills. I'm still getting chills right now of, of how good of a move that was. Props to her. So well done. 100 amazing. And that gives Jade the 48 no. Yep. So she's looking at 49 next, and then I'm sure 50s coming very very soon. Another great title match that happened on Dynamite was Darby Allen facing Samoa Joe for the TNT Championship. And we were in Darby Allen's hometown of Seattle. Yep. Brian um, Danielson's also from Seattle and Swerve. Right. Who we will talk about in a minute. Now, uh, the previous week we had a backstage segment with Tony Schiavone, Darby Allen, and Sting, where Darby Allen kind of questions Sting's of, you know, loyalty to him. Sting came back, you know. Get your ass out there and get your title back. Um, and uh, this match was, it was a really good match between the two guys. Uh, you, you don't expect anything less from Samoa Joe, but Darby Allen doing what he does best, walking out there and just getting the absolute shit kicked out of him. And not being afraid to get hurt in the process. Yep. I mean, um, that dude sounds like he's got broken bones from top to bottom. I when don't he's, know how yeah. he sleeps at night for real, like just the pain. Um. He comes out, and, and he's in Seattle. He gives a lot of love to Nick Wayne, which if you don't know anything about Nick Wayne, do yourself a favor. Look at some of the things that he's done in the independent circuit. He is a 17-year-old kid, son of Buddy Wayne. Who's the one that trained Darby Allen? Right. Uh, basically, Darby has taken Buddy, or uh, sorry, Nick under his wing and offered him an AUW contract if he can graduate high school. He's right. got six months left until he will he's be, not well, even when he graduates high school he's still not even 18 yet he doesn't turn 18 till july gotcha yeah so he's well i mean that's six months oh yeah i mean, <laughs> I mean like he's got to he's got to graduate and then turn 18 so right so then he can get through the training and right. get you know work for AEW. so he was out in the front row um Darby he's not gonna have much work to have to work on when he gets there so he is an amazing uh, just gifted yeah. they just keep getting younger and younger you talk about no we Darius just get and older Dante. and older you it's talk not about they get any younger. nick wayne you talk about even darby's young you know but you do realize that i was weeks away from joining the military when nick wayne was brought into this world right? absolutely insane we don't get it's not they're getting younger you we're getting the same older age. it's just so weird uh at any rate so darby gives big love to nick wayne and then when samoa joe comes out he kind of like I faced him. Yeah, he kind of messes with him a little bit. So, of course, the crowd's getting all mad. Samoa Joe is just one of my absolute favorites when he's a heel. He's just such a great heel. He can pull them both off. He's Um, a much better heel. Just a reminder for anybody who's not paying attention, uh, WWE fired this guy twice. In the same year. Yeah. I don't know why. Samoa Joe has just been loved and appreciated so much Mm -hmm. between AEW and ROH. It's just been absolutely unreal. Right. As you said... Uh, Samoa Joe always hits the technical, the hard hitting. Mm-hmm. Darby's always putting his body on the line. Darby gets and hit just, by the, scared, the, you know? the technical and the hard hitting. But they clashed so well. It ended up being a really phenomenal match. Um, John Moxley and Sanjay Dutt actually produced this right. match. Um, I think they did a great job. And obviously they're going to be working together a lot more after you, you know this went down. I, I really enjoyed how believable they made this match because obviously Samoa Joe is, you could fit Darby Allen inside of Samoa Joe and still have room <laughs> for dinner. Um, and they didn't make it to where, because obviously Samoa Joe, he's a submission guy. He's a, he's a, you know, a big moves and lots of pain guy, which Darby Allen can take, but he's, it, it's, you know, David and Goliath. So you, you have to work that in 
to where you can't have Darby Allen just like rolling out of out of a move or he's just muscling his way out. You know, you have to kind of play into that. And they did that. Sure, a lot. You gotta it be was, creative too, you know. You know, he put him in a sleeper hold and instead of, you know, trying to hit him to get out, Darby rolled rolled over backwards because they were already on their backs and he stayed in the sleeper but was able to pin Joe's shoulders to the mat. So Joe either had to hold it for three seconds and lose or he had to let go. So they had ways to force out, you know, different positions and and not make Darby Allen look unbelievably strong. Exactly. And I mean unbelievably as in like, like not believable. You couldn't, yeah, you couldn't sell it. Right. At the beginning, uh, there was a good spot where Darby was beating up Smojo with the skateboard. Mm-hmm. Again, same idea. He's even not strong, out, so he's got to use manners. You got to use whatever you have. He even pulled out a ladder and went up to the top and did like a swanton right. bomb off the top right. onto using, Samoa Joe. Using not just you know using his momentum to his advantage instead of his his weight power, like it, right using gravity as as your weapon. Right. It was a know? great it was a great way to tell this story because you it's a hard sell to sell you know a Wardlow. And uh, uh, Fuego del Sol, like that would be when they go in there, you're just going to think like, you know, how, how can you make this interesting? How do you right. make this? So, like you said, it's believable, mm-hmm. but entertaining. The, the huge guy doesn't just absolutely annihilate the small guy. Right. And just it, it, there's a hard art to it. And they did a really good job with it. They really did. There was one part I absolutely loved where Samoa Joe did this like double knee breaker on Darby. Mm-hmm. He had both of his legs underneath him. Oh, where him. You know, Darby was like folded up like a chair and he oh, came, oh bad. It was just so unique. Darby, so I don't, I don't, and I don't Darby... know how that man is able to, because he skateboards. Like he's even said his life is skateboarding. I could, I can't imagine how that man gets up after being folded like that, squashed <laughs> by a 300 pound man. And then I'm going to go stand on a wood board and go do tricks. Right. Insane. I, I don't understand it. So basically Darby was going to do like, was pulling Samoa Joe out from the corner at one point, and Samoa Joe pulled off the turnbuckle. They kind of played it off like, whoops, it was an accident. Yeah, he was trying to stop it from happening, and he um, was just ripped it off. Yeah, so you knew that was going to come into play, and it does, because at one point, Joe does hit his face on the exposed turnbuckle. Mm-hmm. Uh, Darby Allen hits the Canadian Destroyer. A hell of a Canadian Destroyer. It, it, it was absolutely incredible, because Samoa Joe is a big dude, let's be real here. Oh, yeah. And then not easy getting that much momentum going with a big dude like that. Exactly. And the cherry on top was not one, but two coffin drops. And mm-hmm. in his hometown of Seattle, Darby Allen is now a second time TNT champion. Yep. And I said this when we were watching it. I got emotional because not like emotion. I wasn't bawling my eyes out, but I, I, I felt a moment where I was looking at him and you could just tell like this entire career of his of being a wrestler and doing what he's doing and becoming so loved on tv and AEW by so many people uh has has been a big accumulation to this and i think winning this title in seattle in his hometown sting watching from the back watching from the back uh so much focus on him lately i think this was was something for him to finally be like i've i've i'm not a shit like everybody right. used to tell me because that's his, that's been his biggest thing and i can understand that as as an individual that grew up similar to that to where people just kind of they look down at you like what the fuck are you doing like why are you dressed like that or you i mean you, the or, sa- you, you and know, i were in the same kind of like yeah, click why, back then. why are you doing that with your life why are you wasting right, time right. on these things and that's pretty much how people treated darby allen he's been very vocal about mm-hmm. it and like you said this is the accumulation of pretty much him looking at everybody in his life giving them all the middle finger and being like, this is what I need to do for myself. You know, and finally proving to the people that have supported him from day one that he's been able to do it. And then, like you said, giving the middle finger to everybody that ever has ever doubted him. And 
the first time on AEW television, I think uh, if you look at Darby Allen's face, out, especially after Sting comes out, because Sting comes down to the ring, he's all happy. He hypes up the crowd. They end up, Picks confetti him up, goes you know. off. The crowd goes ape shit, And I mean, it, it's an emotional moment. And it, it was a great, it really was a great win. I'm glad to see Darby Allen's got the title again. He was um, great when he had the TNT championship yep. last time. He was the type like Cody to every week come out and defend it. And right. I think that's a really important thing to do. And don't get me wrong. Samoa Joe did a fantastic job of that. And Wardlow did for a little bit. No, I think it was no, the right time. his fault. I think it was the right time to pass that title. Yeah. I think Joe had just ran his. Yeah. Like he did the he king of television. Up, he did the, did the thing and he dethroned Wardlow. But I think it's. It's time to move that belt into yeah. the next next step. Well, with ROH getting its own show, obviously Samoa Joe being a big part of ROH right now, I think it's a good thing for Darby Allen to have that title right. because he can be there every week oh, yeah. to defend it. Yep. I think that's important regardless of Rampage Dynamite. You need to be there to defend that title every single week. That's what he did before. He needs to do it again. And really, looking forward to it. Well, you don't have to wait that long because he ends up defending that title. You're right. Now, against... Uh, yes, Mike, Mike Bennett, Bennett of, of the, the kingdom. kingdom. Son of a bitch. That's a whole different story. <laughs> so he basically walks in and is like, hey, you like to defend your title, like we said before. So defend it against me. And Darby was like, okay. Yep, just basically said, you know, I, I, <laughs> the only reason me stopping these open challenges for my belt is because I lost my belt. And if you want a title match and he ends up smacking him down in the face with the belt and a little, hey, F you, let's go this Friday. And I'll tell you what, I've never seen, I haven't seen a lot of uh, The Kingdom, Mike Bennett, uh, that whole crew. I've ne- I haven't really so- seen a lot of yeah. their wrestling. Mike Bennett is great on I, the mic. He's great in ring as well. He is. Uh, 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 another guy from Boston, which I can appreciate, made me like him a little bit more than that. You know, fuck you, Randy, go Boston. Um, but by the way, for two seconds, two seconds, fuck Oregon and fuck Portland because they had fuck Boston chance. <laughs> they were really giving Mike Bennett a lot of heat. Yeah. Poor guy. He seems like such a nice guy in real life. Well, I think he just Darby looked Allen looked around was, like, damn, why? I think Darby <laughs> Allen was like the adopted home uh home turf right. guy. Um, because everybody was cheering for Darby. But this was a great match. Uh great to see Mike Bennett uh performing. I believe this is his debut match on uh AEW tev- television at least. He might be on, on Dark or Elevation. Um but great performance. Uh great way to start Darby Allen's uh, TNT title reign. Absolutely. A great way to introduce Mike Bennett to, to uh, the AEW crowd, give him a taste of what to expect between him and Matt Tavin. I loved it. I, I really I did enjoyed too. it. Good to see a phenomenal Code Red. Yes. Oh, wow. It was really good. It, yeah, it was great. So, don't know who he's facing next, but... Excited to see it. Next, we have what, other than the Jade Cargill Sky Blue match, this had to have been the next best match of the week. It was A.R. Fox and Swerve Strickland in a grudge match, a long-time running grudge match. If you look outside of AEW programming, we had A.R. Fox and Swerve Strickland had a long rivalry and a par- partnership in Lucha Underground. Uh, Jamie, I know you were like super excited about this match when you heard about it. Yeah, I had seen some of the match of the last time that Swerve and AR had fought each other, and that was in Lucha Underground. They had a big rivalry. And back then, um, I can't remember what AR Fox was called, but I know uh, Swerve was he had he was masked, and his name was Killshot. Killshot, which is also the name of his 
finisher. His finisher. I want to say it was Dante. Dante Fox. I think you're right. It wasn't anything spectacular, but it was, yep. it was something a little bit different. And this, I think at this point, was like three or four years ago, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it was back when it was like the height of Lucha Underground uh-huh. um, before it got the doors shut. So again, they had a good little rivalry there. Uh, interesting information, again, about Lucha in, uh, Underground. Rick Knox came from there as well. So right, which when, he was the... Go ahead. I'll yeah, when this match was going down, that was the first thing I said really would be cool if they put Rick Knox in there and right. they did just the idea of they're not afraid to talk about other promotions other things happening they've already had John Moxley say something about kill, kill shot right and refer to this um and then we got to see this just relive <laughs> I don't even know where to start like to me for me this was the highlight of the week i had been waiting all week for this I am a big notes person. I'm the type of podcaster that when we sit here and we do these live tweets, a I'm, lot on the, of times, I'm on the phone, you're on the paper. I'm on the paper because I want to like write my favorite moments and things like that. Secret. This this particular match for me, I didn't have anything to write because I was just, wow, 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 like on the edge of my seat. It's we had to go just, back and rewatch the match so she could take her notes. And like, I don't that's have a lot to say. because. No. Not because there wasn't a lot of things to talk about, but just because I feel like I'm just doing no justice by talking about it. Two mid-30 individuals talking about this match is going to give it absolutely the opposite of the justice that it deserved. This was a high-flying, like, these two men put everything they had into this to finish. uh, AR Fox took a Death Valley driver on the apron of this ring, and I thought, honest to God, I thought he was hurt. Because when he threw him back in the ring, he wasn't setting up for for the kill shot. He wasn't moving very much. Like it really looked like these two beat the hell out of each other and the, left it. I know I've said that like twice tonight, but they oh, really left it all in that. The ring. aggression. I haven't seen anything as aggressive since like Briscoe's FDR. Mm-hmm. To where like you would think in real life that these people hate each other the way that they're kicking each other. But you if know, you know wrestling, you, you could watch that these two are seasoned veterans with each other. They have just good had God. more I than mean, one match with each other, and I, they I, know how each other work. I don't understand how AR Fox managed to pull off like such a low cutter on Swerve. Like I know inches. I think Swerve he was on his knees, wasn't he? Off the mat. I mean, I don't even know how he pulled off some of these moves. Just so entertaining. Like the cool thing about both of these guys, and I don't mean this as a as a bad thing. But they don't have like a gimmick. They're just they who they are. They don't have like crazy outlandish things. Right. This is just pure wrestling. Right. And I, I can't even begin to tell you how much I enjoyed it. If you watch no did, other match this week, this is the match. Please, like, please, like, shout out to AR Fox. Uh, I shout, shouted him out on Twitter. Again, if you don't follow us on Twitter at CAW Wrestling Pod, and just can't wait to see what he does for AEW. Great sign on. Yeah, great job. Like, amazing. He did great, like we talked about with Top Flight earlier, and he continues to impress. Uh, Swerve, same way he's doing with his Moguls affiliates. Uh, he had them there. They really didn't get involved with the match too much. There was one instance where Parker Bordreau ended up handing Swerve something. I don't know if it was, like, brass knuckles, but I think that was how, mm-hmm. like, they ended the match. Right. Um, those two, obviously, are very green under the, under the gills. Uh, one of them, we don't even know the damn name that he's going by <laughs> at this point. Um, but this is a really, really good match. And the final segment we are going to talk about tonight is going to be Kip Sabian versus Orange Cassidy for the AEW 
All Atlantic Championship. Tell me how good or Orange Cast was that big ass new Titan front. Oh, that one was so good. We talked about it at the beginning of the show, but man, like I, I can't. Drawn. I I cannot help but stop and just compliment AEW and their capability to reinvent the program without reinventing the wheel. Like yeah. they really took the look of this. Jade's was great with the lightning, and they made it look not like. Oh, for real! They took away that WCW Nitro look. They took away that indie promotion look. They look like a solid ass promotion. Yeah, the announce table. Oh, the announce table looks amazing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely phenomenal. I love the camera angles, the editing, like the the whole thing. The color schemes between the two shows. Oh, I love love it. it. I love love it. it. Uh, This we had Kip Sabian was taking on Orange Cassidy for Orange's AEW. All Atlantic Championship. Correct. And regardless of who has that belt, Kip wants it. Oh, yeah. But I think this had a special place in his heart that Orange Cassidy had it because he's been, he's been going after Orange for weeks, if not months. Uh, he's had a box on his head and just kind of doing his rounds after he had some surgery done. Yeah, he had still a little bit of a rivalry keep, with Pac. Still trying to keep his uh, name relevant. Yep, he had that rivalry with Pac, and then right after that, he ended up going for surgery. Um. I, this match, great. It was good to see Kip back in action, see him doing what he do, does best. What he does best. Uh, I love which, Penelope. She just adds to the vibe. They, they're amazing heel. And I know, oh, I know we always say heel real. face, and I'm sure a lot of people have an issue like, who gives a shit? I give a shit. I love this heel dynamic. I do. Kip has the best way to get under your skin. He's like that school bully that just knows that thing that irks you, and Penelope's the exact same way. She's that Funny, conniving. too. Yep. And she came out. Yeah. Bunny was a, it was a partner of uh, of Penelope Ford. She came out to help support. It's uh, like the Orange twins Cassidy. from The Shining, where you get that like super creepy like vibe from right. the two of them. Right. I love it, and it just added to it. And I think that was one of the best things about this match was like all of the other people that came in. We talk about Penelope and Bunny, but Butcher and the Blade come out at one point. Right. They grab chairs from underneath the ring and they, they just sit. Up. And it really looked like the odds were stacked against Orange. He had uh, Danhausen was out there, but when, uh, like you brought up, when Butch and uh, Blade came out, they beat the shit out of out of Danhausen at the top of the ramp, leaving him for, you know, be out for the rest of the night. Yep, so best you had friends came out and they got well. Finally, yeah, we had Blade the best too. friends who he had. Uh, Orange Cassidy had the match with Trent last week, and it seemed like there were some problems in between them. Like uh, Trent had an issue with Orange Cassidy beating him. Uh, they walked off without any like ceremony. And it seemed like Orange Cassidy was kind of on his own. We saw best friends come out, and they end up taking out Butcher and the Blade, allowing a little bit of le- levity for Orange Cassidy to be able to pull out another win. I love this match. I was surprised that this wasn't the ma- the match that I was like going ape shit over for the night. I mean, we had Rampage and we had Battle of the Belts, and this granted this was a great main event, and the ending was 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 more than satisfactory but i'm just floored it wasn't the match that i was like wow that is the match of the week that i thought i'd be talking about more so it just didn't shine after having because it was directly after the jade card it was hard because yeah you had the acclaimed versus jay lethal Mm -hmm. and jeff jarrett absolute banger and then Then you you had had jade Jade versus sky blue wow that ending absolute banger which was i think that was not only the one of the best matches if not the best match of the week it was the one match that I was not expecting it to be good. Swerve and AR, I expected it to be good. Orange sure. Cassidy, Kip Saving, I expected it to be good. Top Flight and Blackpool, I expect it to be good. 
This match, I would the the Jade Cargill Sky Blue match. I was not expecting it to be as exciting as it was. It was I, phenomenal. Blown away, and it, I I feel like the only re- it was the only other match that could have taken that could have been uh, the main event. Uh, absolutely. So it was unfortunate, I guess, to them timing wise that they had to follow up such a performance as what but those two women did. But isn't that like the as a producer, like, granted, your main event's not the number one, but at the same time, you're like, you got some good talented shit that the second match of the night was, like, fire. Oh, and the acclaimed and Jay, Jeff Jarrett, Jay Lethal match was so entertaining. Yep. I mean, it's not very often that you and I sit there and watch it, and we don't even look at each other. We don't say a word. Mm-hmm. We don't write anything. We don't do anything. We just go, holy shit. Oh, yeah. And mouths, was... mouths to the ground. But Absolutely. AEW blew it out of the water. They 100%. really did. And we'll kind of we'll end the, uh, again, the match was great. Uh, go back and watch it. Go back and watch all of this. I'll, you know, I know, I know we always, I, I feel like some days we may favor one company over the other, or we may favor certain superstars or wrestlers over others. And, you know, it's just, I think that's just the bias of being a fan of this, because this is all it is. We're no, we're not professionals in wrestling, you know, anything. We are two individuals that just, we talk so much about wrestling between the two of us. We watch so much wrestling. We just figured that, well, let's make a podcast about it. And I know sometimes it may seem like we're swaying one way or the other, but honest to God, AEW, I blew me out of the water. Entertaining, I, beginning to end, every mm-hmm. match, absolutely loved. And there's a couple things we didn't cover. Mm-hmm. You know, Preston Vance had a good match yep. that lasted about 35 seconds. Yep. So we had a couple of a slow things. spots within the match of, of Jade Cargill and Sky Blue. There was a couple times where they couple had some miscommunications, but it's just wrestling. Um, but, but even, even WWE, like, I hate, you know, I know this is the, we're talking about AEW right now, but even WWE, it's been solid. It, it hasn't been the greatest. I, it's been, there's been a couple things that I've scratched my head at, but I can't complain because it's been at least a decent product. It it's has. been a better product than it was this time last year. I think oh, they're doing great things. with the sure. I think they're doing great things with Kevin Owens in general. I think they're doing great things with the women's division. I still, I still think WWE the bra women's division is top of the pile. It's right? the pinnacle. Uh, and now that Royal Rumble's coming up, oh my god! I don't know what yeah, what it is, but oh, Royal yeah, Rumble is my it. jam. Yeah. Yeah, Royal Rumble my is jam. the best best around here. Uh, but we're getting way too far off topic with WWE. Uh, let's get back uh, again. Oh, a solid one more week. thing before we do that. Kudos to Max Caster for ripping Jeff Jarrett, and telling him that he was worse than Vince McMahon. Yes, as, as we all know. Uh, Vince McMahon has made his return back to WWE. Vinny Mac is back. Um, he just walked through the front door, and I mean, what do you what do you say to Vince McMahon when he says, "I shuffle. want my office back"? You have no choice. You say no. Yeah, he owns sure, Dad. Fifty one percent of your ass. <laughs> um, but as for uh, Dynamite this upcoming week, uh, let's talk about a little, little bit about the matches coming up. So as we all saw coming, Hangman Adam Page was able to get that clearance from his doctors. Yes, he, uh, yeah, the paperwork said that he would. And he'll be facing John Boxley. They had a little back and forth on Dynamite, uh, basically alluding to next week. And then, yep. of course, Rampage rolls around. Or it might have been Battle uh, of Belts. I can't hang, remember. Hangman on a page said he was going to put John's dick in the dirt. Yes, he did. He said he was going to put his dick <laughs> in his dirt. Um, great phrase. Uh, but he, he was cleared, and he is ready to fight him. And he even said, even if I wasn't clear, I was just going to kick your ass in the parking lot. Yep. So we'll have that match. On January 11th. Following that, we will also have uh, Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter will be tagging up against Soraya. Soraya? Soraya. Uh, and Tony Storm. And eh, I know you have. I don't know. I don't feel like that's what's happening here. So if, you, if you've if you been living under a rock or you don't know what a tw- what Twitter is, uh, 
Sasha Banks, who famously back in May, yeah, aka Naomi, Mercedes Monet, right, her Naomi walked out of WWE, threw the belts on the table, and said, "You guys suck." Walked out, um, <laughs> and there's been just almost nothing. There's been a couple of public appearances by her. Of course, she's got her thing with Mandalorian. Uh, Naomi, I don't really know what she does outside the WWE or did outside the uh, WWE, but um, see. Very, very little of them. I uh, started hearing some rumors about Wrestle Kingdom 17, which is NJPW's like WrestleMania event. Uh, there's rumors that she might go up. Sure shit, after Kyrie's defense of her title, uh, Mercedes Monet, as she's going by, shows up and uh, rocks the wrestling world as a, w- a prominent WWE Women Superstar is now on the independent circuit. That she's uh, making like a world domination tour, and this is her first stop. And she also has a match in February for NJPW against Kyrie in Los Angeles, right? In Los Angeles, which is where January eleventh, January this 11th, match is going to be, or this dynamite. We will be seeing not only uh, Adam Page and John Moxley, we'll be seeing Britt Baker, Jamie Hayter, Soraya, or Soraya and Tony Soraya. Storm in tag team action. No, but I don't. I don't think that's they, what's it, gonna, they've they've alluded. They've alluded that. <laughs> There's just so much. There's it's it's just like the CM Punk thing again. This doesn't make sense. Okay, so obviously the wrestling world is the wrestling world. You can only believe so much. But after uh, her being an NJPW Mercedes Monet, anything is possible. They're saying that there's it's possibilities that Soraya's partner was going to be Mercedes Monet, especially since I, Britt Baker made the comment of "I'm the boss of AEW." Yeah, so it was like, come on, this is so obvious. My theory here, and I could be wrong. I hope I'm not. Is that they're trying to throw us off the scent? Well, you got to remember, it was Soraya had to pick between Tony Storm and Hikarashita. And yes. when, when Tony Storm got picked, Hikarashita looked very, very upset. Yeah. So, so I wouldn't doubt it if we see Hikarashita ha- uh, may, may have a uh, slight different idea as to be the part. And I think that's what, what's going to happen here. My theory, I could be wrong. Like again, I said. Hopefully I'm not. Coffee and wrestling. My my theory here is that Hikaru Shida is going to take out mm-hmm. Tony Storm. She can't be her partner, right. and that Mercedes Monet They'll will be. suspend Hikaru Shida for attacking somebody, and then of course they, that'll leave Soraya without a partner, and there all of go. a sudden it's CEO time because she calls herself the CEO of women's yes. wrestling now. Yes. Um. But she's but not yeah. signed to NJPW, right? She's just like yeah, well, a even if she is, even if she is, AEW and NJPW have a very friendly sh- uh, relationship. They right do, now. and this is only going to help build up Mercedes if this is the opportunity too. Right. I don't know, but well, we'll I don't see know. On Wednesday. I don't know if everybody else felt like this, but like whenever uh, uh, Soraya said that she was going to pick Tony Storm, it was like a stale fart. Yeah. I was like, no, no. Yeah, no, 100%. That was the, it felt the weird. most awkward it thing. It felt weird. Like when your parents were telling you about sex. Oh. It was just the most <laughs> awkward thing in the world. Are we so, going back to pile driving my mother again? Yeah, we're going back to that. <laughs> uh, what I'm looking forward to, I can't say the most, because obviously the main event here is going to be insane, but Brian Danielson will be taking on Takeshita, Cinnamon Bun King. Oh my God, that's going to be such can't a good wait. match. Uh, we are also going to see the debut of Jungle Hook as they take on, uh, we Tony. see Jungle Boy <laughs> and uh, Hook will be taking on Tony, or uh, I'm sorry, uh, Lee Moriarty and Big, Big Bill, Bill. Uh, for a grudge match between the four of them. One night only, by the way. One night only. Uh, and also Wednesday night, who, the, where the TBS representatives are supposed to be there to see the product of AEW, we're going to see the final of the best of seven between Death Triangle and the Elite. And I don't even... 
we we're already at an hour and eight minutes. If we open up this can of worms, we're gonna have another hour to talk about. I, I just can't wait, especially with the new entrances and the new Titan Tron and right. all that. We haven't seen the Elite come out. We haven't seen Death Triangle come out. Their entrances are Death already Triangle's so already, sick. Oh yeah, Death Triangle already had the top one. Yeah. I can't. So this is gonna be nuts. I, I'm at a point now. Whoever wins, don't care. Nope. Obviously, they were meant to win. I mean, how can you be mad at the end of this? And I think that was the idea behind it. I'm still going Death Triangle. You're still going Death Triangle. I'm still going Elite. Don't well, care. You. <laughs> the next time you hear us talk about AEW, unless you follow us at CAW Wrestling Pod, nice as plug. We, uh, tweet every time AEW Dynamite Rampage and WWE Raw and SmackDown are on. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see who wins. Who's going to be right? Is it going to be me, Mark, or is it going to be the not right? person Jamie. i don't know hit us up on twitter and let us know what you think uh as of now there are two matches that are confirmed for rampage this week which right. are january 13th uh we have ortiz and eddie kingston taking on the kings of the black throne which are brody king and malachi black of uh house of black house of black and we've seen a couple of pro- uh, promos between house of black and eddie kingston and ortiz uh house of black calling out or originally they went to attack ortiz and they said no don't do it malachi black kind of shoot him off uh, Ortiz took issue with that, and they've been kind of like interjecting dissension between it, uh, Eddie Kingston and Ortiz. Uh, this week, we saw uh, another promo from House of Black as they were talking to only Eddie, yes. which then made Ortiz question Eddie's loyalty. Yeah, asking what it's that about, you know. So we'll see the this come to a slight head on Rampage when uh, Eddie and Ortiz takes on Eddie, uh, I'm sorry, Brody King and Malachi Black, which I'm sure that will be a brutal match. Well, talk about brutality. There's also going to be a street fight between Anna JAS and Ty Mello. As we see a ramp or a, re- a rematch, rematch, rematch. So fun. <laughs> a rematch uh, as they will be facing Willow and a very pissed off Ruby Soho. Willow yes. had a hockey stick though, so Willow had a hockey you stick. Be using it. Uh, yep. Ruby had a chair. Uh, Ruby's not happy. I don't know, but honest Ty. to God. They've got their money. They're going to have their money's worth. Those two women aren't afraid to bleed. Like, Tay, they got messed up. Tay Conti and Anna Jay, when they wrestled... So uh, by Ty Mello. Now. Ty Mello, sorry. Uh, when they wrestled Penelope Ford and the Bunny, in that, I think it was a lights-out, no, non-sanctioned, uh-huh, like, no-holds-barred, hardcore New Year's bloodbath. <laughs> like, my God. Everybody bled. Everybody bled. It Even Anna Jay was bleeding. It was But good. Ty, oh my God. The Bunny did like a... Splits, mm-hmm. or I think it may be have been Penelope. Doesn't matter. Onto uh, barbed wire. That's another match that if you haven't seen, go back and watch it. It is honest. When we watched it, we were like, okay, this is interesting. Like, good to see four new, four new women kind of getting into, but uh, and had no idea that it was going to be such a good match. So yep. This match is going to be, I, I'm sure, is going to be great. Uh, Ruby is no, especially recently, is no stranger to pain. <laughs> uh, Willow, we have seen some indie stuff with Willow that she is just brutal with. Uh, obviously, the other two are, have already been tried through a exciting rampage. Uh, All right, and uh, I think that's going to do it for us for the uh, podcast. If you've enjoyed what you've heard and you'd like to hear more, make sure you subscribe to Coffee and Wrestling, a wrestling podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. And be sure to leave us a five-star review. Tell a friend about us. The best way for us to grow and bring you even better content every week is by word of mouth or just share us on your social media page. And please, please do us a favor. Follow us at CAW Wrestling Pod on Instagram and YouTube. 
where we repost every podcast in video format, and on Twitter, where we live tweet along with AEW, WWE shows, and pay-per-view. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Coffee and Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. You can find Jamie and I on Twitter. I am at Dunk Dudley. And I am at A Bacon Party. We will catch you later this week with another episode of Wrestling